0: Episode six, Bitcoin White Paper, Part 3, Double Spending. Recorded 8th of November 2019.
1: This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host Ferris. That's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys. Bitcoins. Visit Coincompass.com for more information. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. I'm going to finish with this sentence here. So benefits are lost if a trusted third party is still required to prevent double spending. So this leads us into the next um, sentence of the white paper. We propose a solution to the double spending problem using a peer-to-peer network the network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof of work forming a record that cannot be changed without doing the proof without redoing the proof of work now that sounds very heavy and very dense to a lot of non-tech people and this is a really key statement so we're just going to go through this and I'm handing the microphone over to Gordon who's going to basically explain how this set up what is bitcoin and the blockchain by voiding the double spending issue. Okay, yeah, as as said, this is basically, we're getting to
0: the crux of the matter. And even though the word chain has been used, what we're actually talking about is a blockchain. A blockchain is, as the word suggests, a chain, so it means a sequential, you can't have something out of order, so one, two, three, four, of blocks. And these blocks are all the transactions that are flying around the Bitcoin network. In any given time or any given day, there might be thousands of transactions. And what we need to do is we need to pull those transactions together in around about a 10-minute time frame. So we would call that one block. So for example, if we had a transaction between two parties, and that's their peer-to-peer transaction that transaction goes onto the Bitcoin network with all the other transactions. Let's say we had 10,000 and we wait for a time period of 10 minutes. Then that gets put into a block. The next 10 minutes, we have all the transactions and that gets put into another block and so on. So for example, our first block, let's call that block 1000. After that goes 1001, 1002. So it's a sequential block. And we can just think of a block as those group of transactions, a
1: virtual block of transactions. It's a, it's an abstract concept, but. So if I use my Visa card and I'm paying for something, that's just one transaction. Um, the merchant who I'm purchasing something from, that Visa card just gets confirmed from my bank. It does it, you know, through the machine and it says, yep, the funds are there. We will pay you. But Bitcoin works differently in that things are not cleared immediately. So if I were to send you some Bitcoin, it goes into a block that you mentioned. So my transaction is included with a whole bunch of other transactions that have occurred around the world at the exact same time. So in that 10-minute gap, you could have someone, me sending you Bitcoin, you could have someone using Bitcoin to pay for a flight booking on your side of the world. And all those transactions are looped together in a 10-minute block. Have I understood this correctly? Yes. So that's a good analogy. So when you
0: are using your Visa card to pay online, that transaction or that payment is instantaneous. It's pretty much within a couple of seconds. Exactly the same with the Bitcoin network. That transaction is within a couple of seconds. But as you pointed out, the settlement or the clearing of that transaction with a Visa or a MasterCard, even though it's confirmed, it isn't actually cleared or settled for 30 days, for 60 days. With Bitcoin, that settlement happens within 10 minutes.
1: Cool. Now you mentioned the Bitcoin network, and this is um, yeah, something I kind of want us to be able to understand. So when I use my Visa card, the trusted third party is the bank. The bank is facilitating that transaction. Now, The Bitcoin network is anyone involved in the Bitcoin um, blockchain, which we will um, explain. But what we've done in this case is replace the bank by people who are on the Bitcoin network. So that's how we've removed the third party. So we've removed the facilitator of the transaction, being the bank, to people that are on the Bitcoin network. So, and anyone can join the blockchain, anyone can join the network. Now, is that, again, a good way of describing this? Yeah, that's a good analogy. Anyone
0: can join the Bitcoin network. Obviously, it's optional. And anyone can transact within the Bitcoin network. But as you explained, there is no third party or trusted institution, which in a financial system is obviously a bank. You still need to use the Bitcoin network, but that is not a third party. That is not something that is censoring or blocking or approving our transactions. It is what we call peer-to-peer, which means that regardless of what that transaction is, it will definitely get processed.
1: All right, so if we look at that sentence again, the network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof of work. So let's just focus on the first few words of that sentence. The network timestamps transactions. So that basically means transactions are put in a 10-minute block, and that those 10 minutes goes into a record where this transaction was approved during this time of day on this date. So that's where you're talking about where clearing houses like Visa, MasterCard can take up to 60 days. This is how Bitcoin manages to do it immediately in a 10 minute block. So it's time-stamped. You use this money at this time of day on this specific date. At 10am, and I've got my
0: Bitcoin on my phone, for example, at 10am, I go into a coffee shop and buy some Bitcoin and that gets transacted within literally a couple of seconds. I quickly run to the next shop at 10.05, so we're still within the same 10 minute window the block. I go to the bakery and buy something else as well. Now, I am actually able to do what is called a double spend. That bakery is accepting my Bitcoin transaction because they don't know that I've just been to the coffee shop five minutes beforehand because the Bitcoin network is still saying that I have those funds in my mobile phone, in my wallet. Now, what happens at, and I might go to somewhere else and somewhere else, what happens at 10.10, 10, so around about that 10 minute block the Bitcoin network will take all those transactions within that 10-minute window. So I've been to a coffee shop, to a bakery, and somewhere else done three or four transactions. And though the first transaction at the coffee shop was legitimate, but obviously the second, third, and fourth one wasn't. I've done what is called a double spend. And this is a problem. And... The way it is sold and the way that the Bitcoin network solves it is that within that 10 minute window, there's not really anything that a merchant or someone else can do. Unfortunately, if you have a sophisticated person, they can actually do that. But then at 1010, 10, the Bitcoin network will start processing those transactions. They'll look at the first transaction and say, Oh, Gordon bought $5 worth of coffee at 10 o'clock. Fine. But then at 1005, he actually bought something from a bakery. That is what is a legal transaction. Obviously, I've already spent my money. And so the Bitcoin network, even after 10 minutes, will actually be able to say, hey, you're trying to print money. You're trying to do this thing called a double
1: spend. So one thing that yeah, I want to clarify here, again, from the non-tech layman's perspective is, so with that analogy, so if you go into the cafe to buy your coffee using Bitcoin, They're not going to give you your coffee until that transaction is cleared and confirmed. So once that transaction is cleared and confirmed, you get your coffee. You can then go to the bakery and ask for something else. So you don't actually receive a good or service until your transaction is confirmed. So an example is recently I um, withdrew Bitcoin from a Bitcoin ATM. So the way that worked is I sent my Bitcoin to the Bitcoin ATM That went onto the blockchain and I had to wait for confirmation. So I get a code um, that's put out on a receipt. When that transaction's confirmed, I got a text saying, your transaction is confirmed, you can now go withdraw the cash. So I had to wait for the cash to be withdrawn. Now, speaking of 2018, this is still where Bitcoin has a lot of improvements to do in that it is not an automatic transaction like a Visa card. Visa card, bang, it's there, it's done. You get your coffee, your cash immediately out of the ATM. With Bitcoin, you still need to wait for at least one block of confirmation. And that block could be anywhere from six minutes to 10 minutes long. It could even be longer. So this is how, as Gordon said, we've avoided the issue of double spending in that these transactions are confirmed. Just to clarify,
0: at 10 o'clock, I made a legitimate transaction to buy coffee. And maybe that's not the best example. Um, maybe if we're buying a $100,000 car, we don't mind waiting 20 or 30 minutes. But at 10 o'clock, I made a legitimate transaction by buying the coffee. At 10.05, I made an illegal or a double spend by buying something from the bakery. A merchant really should wait for, as Farris said, at least one confirmation. So at 10.05, when I'm buying something from the bakery, that is what we call zero confirmation. At 10.10, I might've gone to the bakery, but because that's in the previous block, or the transactions, that is what we call one confirmation or one block of confirmation. So usually merchants wait for at least one, usually two confirmations. And if you're buying a million dollar house, you probably wait for six or 10 confirmations. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking and following helps this content remain ad free. Until next time.
1: Disclaimer. Any content provided by Coin Compass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. Coin Compass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast, will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit CoinCompass.com for more information and please contact us.